Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. Well, I have just been the biggest Josephine Moon fan for years now. I was so excited when I received an art of the wonderful thing about Phoenix Rose. I should have been twice as excited. It couldn't have been better. I love this novel. So the wonderful thing about Phoenix Rose comes out on the 18th. I've got to speak with Josephine a little ahead of schedule and I couldn't have been more honoured to have that opportunity. It is a fantastic novel. I really loved it. It opens with us meeting Phoenix Rose. She's a 35-year-old neurodivergent teacher who's just taken some sick leave from her career and her sick leave is running out. Her principal is demanding that she come back to school. She's not sure whether she can. She's not sure whether she wants to. She also has a plea from one of her online mates who needs some animals rehomed because she's dying. So Phoenix goes down to Tasmania to help her friend Olga and to lend a hand and the novel just goes from there and I cannot tell you how much I was there for that novel. This was such a cracker of a read. I loved it. I absolutely loved it and I'm itching to speak with Josephine Moon about it today. Can't wait to get started. Hello. Could not be more excited to be speaking with you. Oh, it's so I'm great. trying to play it I'm cool, great. but oh my goodness. I'm so happy to finally meet you because oh. obviously I've been watching all your amazing events and stuff over the years and just sad that I'm never in the right place. Been the biggest fan of yours for years. <laughs> I loved the wonderful thing about Ben mm-hmm. Rose. It Thank was you. wonderful. Thank you so much for such a good reading experience. Could you please tell us, because I've only just finished and I do follow you on social media, so I I have seen the background and so I do know that you've recently had your diagnosis as autistic or your identification as autistic. Is that the way, that's the way that you phrase it? Yeah, I prefer the term identity. Absolutely. And the reason is because, like, you know, the whole neurodivergent space has been so medicalized without it needing to be medicalized and it's there's nothing actually wrong with us right so I'm not sick and I'm not dying and I'm not <laughs> diseased and you know I haven't caught something so yeah a diagnosis doesn't seem like a no. yes yeah. Yeah. so yeah I prefer the term identity but yeah that happened two years ago yeah and then ADHD about a year after that oh goodness yeah. so this is your first book that really explores that identity and I don't know I went going into it wondering whether it was just going to be all about what it means to be autistic but it certainly was oh my goodness it's the best road trip ever I loved the journey that Phoenix and Lily did it was unreal oh thank you yeah I've always wanted to do a road trip story and I sort of did it on my previous book with the jam queens I got a train trip from Darwin down to Adelaide and I really enjoyed doing that and so I'd always had this sort of uh, I want to do a road trip sort of idea in my head and I mean stories always come from different angles all at once right and so that was sort of there I'd have been sitting there in the background and then I, you know, animals are a major part of my life. I love animals. I've always been a huge part of my identity and my joy and all that. And so I originally wanted to write about animals and I, somehow I kind of accidentally branded myself as a foodie fiction writer, 
which is fine. I love that. I love food. Oh, my goodness. I love your foodie fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've managed to write in an animal character into every book and I still had this real, like, I just want to supersize that love of animals. And so it seemed like a great opportunity to combine a road trip with a huge number, like an arc of animals. And I mean, just because, you know, there's going to be heaps of calamity there, right? There's going to be things going to go wrong. There's going to be mess and there's things, you know, it's just, it lends itself to so many sort of incidents happening along the way. And then, you know, I used to be a teacher and I had never written a main character as a teacher. And I think I just hadn't had the right kind of, for me, that like the main character has to have sort of a purpose for being in the role they're in in order to drive the arc of the story. And so I didn't really have a purpose to sort of give to a teacher in that sense. So when I sort of decided I really wanted to write about the neurodivergent community, I just thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to look at what that might be like to have a neurodivergent teacher working in a system that's not yet really open to accommodating differences very well because I, I thought about my time in teaching and all the reasons now why I now know why I sort of burnt out and couldn't keep teaching and I thought yeah there's just, just a lot there there was a lot to sort of unpack there in the school system for sure yeah so yeah, yeah so yeah, it all yeah. came together from all those different directions at once I think who on earth ever exists on bells except for when you're in jail it's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing ever yeah well it is and you know I actually went to my high school was a, a senior high school it was just a year 11 and 12 and they actually in the second year I was there they took bells out of the schools because they said exactly that they're like you're gonna leave here and go out into the the real world out there bells aren't going to tell you how to manage your time and then having been a teacher in high school like they all know exactly when the bell's going they're packing up for the end you know like no one had to remind them they just know I completely had that flashback to just automatically packing up five minutes before the bell goes and you don't even check your watch you just know yeah. Some schools' bells are nice, but many of them are just horrendous. They're really loud and screechy and intrusive and just oh, nobody needs great. that. Yes. Kind of, you know, you know that feeling when you, your alarm goes off, you know, to wake you yep. up in the morning. And you know that sort yep. of adrenaline <laughs> rush. And, you know, just having that day after, you know, eight times a day, is, <laughs> just don't need that. No. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was a wonderful quest of a novel as well. I just loved being on the, the road trip with Phoenix. I just thought it was just so much fun. And you're so right. There's so much that can go wrong with an arc full of animals <laughs> that you I never know. once wondered where you were or what was going to happen next. Or like you're just dealing with what was happening right now. Yeah, very <laughs> much. It just keeps you very present in that there's a lot to deal with here all at once. Yeah. And- <laughs> Absolutely as well. All of the lemon goodness and deliciousness that you pepper through the book was just so much fun so delicious for my tummy yeah I'm a huge lemon fan and a huge yellow fan and it's funny because I I hadn't really thought about it very sort of intently but I realized that I when I think about books that I've read often I associate a color with the book that I've read and uh, for me Phoenix's story was very yellow like it just felt like a very yellow so yellow flavored colored book so i was so thrilled when it actually turned up on the cover as well it just seemed yeah for sure such a nice way to think of them so it is a love letter to neurodiversity as well i know that somewhere through the book it says that if you've met an autistic person you've met one autistic person like i really got the sense of just how diverse a community it is thank you yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's one of the big pressures of writing this book actually for me was knowing that until very recently we've had very little representation anywhere in popular culture in tv books movies all of those spaces but what we have had is an extremely narrow stereotype of Mm. usually a young Mm -hmm. boy or a young 
and and they're white and they're often skinny and they mm-hmm. don't show any emotion and they no emotion yeah always and they're always positioned as you know maybe the yes. butt of the joke at the yeah. end or you know they're some kind of tragedy or burden on somebody else and all this mm-hmm. and so we've really really not seen much diversity in that space at all it's certainly not in that sort of general fiction space in books either we've seen them in YA coming through but again only recently some kind of yes. positive characters and female characters as well and in romance books I believe I don't sort of read in that genre specifically but there's a few sort of authors out there who've done some things in the romance space but we certainly haven't seen it in that general fiction space I can't be the one no I can't either and yeah so just really I felt that pressure of sort of going this is this chance to do something really new and present new versions of what neurodivergence looks like but at the same time I knew I couldn't possibly ever represent the breadth and depth of the diversity of the neurodivergent community either so I know that some people will be so keen, you know, to see good representation on the page, but they maybe be disappointed because their version of neurodivergence isn't on the page either. And so, yeah, I just, the neurodivergent community who read it, I just hope if they don't see themselves in there, that they know that this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of a big transformation, hopefully, of good, empowered, positive representations out there. Which, I mean, oh my goodness, like, doesn't that just enrich our culture 100%? We should always be going for diversity and job well done. Yeah. Thank you. And one of the things I do love to do is write in what I call the silent spaces. So the the spaces where we don't generally hear voices from. So that was probably a grammatically incorrect sentence, but you know what I mean? Completely not what you're saying. Yeah, like the voices that we don't normally yeah, find are, are represented yeah. in stories. And it's like the way historical fiction is so important to raise the profile of women in mm. history lost all the time in history, as has happened in the neurodivergent community as well. So, yeah, that's why historical fiction writers do such a service to the world of bringing those stories to light and raising the profile of all oh, the sacrifices and service that yes, women have absolutely. Well, not just men. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so true. I read, I think, to find other people's stories, to, to know how other people live. And so this is just wonderful and it's so great as a reader to have access to all of these great stories to infiltrate and to be a part of now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah well absolutely. So the online community for Phoenix Rose is an important one and I just loved that. I love a virtual book club. I love a virtual space. I think you can find real friendship and connection online. I loved seeing that as well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think a lot of time people, certainly in the earlier days of internet and technology, people really dismiss that sort of concept of online friends is not real yes but so often you know that can be a huge support and you know yeah they are part of your life they're just they're in a different way but you know I just found so so much support and joy in connecting with the neurodivergent community and nobody has taught me more or validated more my entire life's experience and it's I always say it's it's interesting how much birds of a neurodivergent feather flock together. So we mm-hmm. we do just often naturally gravitate towards each other. Me and my husband and I are a great example of that. Neither of us knew that we were neurodivergent when we met, but obviously it was one thing that really clicked with us. It was just that sort of the way we think. And but yeah, it has been such a joy to find other adult autistic women in the world. And yeah, it's it's just opened my world so much. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Well, I just, I loved that the friendship that you make online is no no less real than what any friendship that you make in the real life space is. Absolutely, you're making friends. Absolutely, it's real connection, real community. And yeah, I love a bird of a feather flocking together. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's a bit of a I really twist, thought I was the only one ever who read Anne of Green Gables as an adult. There's a whole world of us out there. <laughs> lots and lots and lots. Who, by the way, is a classic autistic character. She displays so many neurodivergent traits. It's awesome, actually, <laughs> to read it now. Yeah, yeah. I often yeah. find that, actually, there are a lot of what I would say are quite clearly autistic characters in books, but uh, they're not identified that way, which I actually think is quite sad because people love quirky characters and they love mm-hmm. reading about quirky characters and these sort of uh, characters that push the boundaries or go against the grain or, you know, don't follow real. People love that in literature and in books and, you know, movies and whatnot. It's funny because it's a bit of a double standard there. We don't really support them in real life. And kids are a great example of that. Like kids love books with characters like Anne or Pippi Longstocking or mm-hmm. lots of those kinds of characters who just don't fit the mould. And kids adore them and love them and adults adore them and love them and think it's great. But then, yeah, if you have that actual kid in your class, they tend to get stamped down. Like we don't want you in real life. We want it Yeah, I have thought this before in relation mm. to Eleanor Oliphant, actually. We were doing it for book club and we're so quick to love on the page and to extend that courtesy of acceptance and see where everybody's coming from yes. and all of that. But if she had walked into book club, would we have been just as welcoming? Yeah. That's the wonderful thing about fiction as well. It really holds a mirror up to your own actions and what you would do. And yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think it gives us that safe space to yes. explore the mind as well. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so much better well said than what my attempt was. But yeah. I just think it's so important to read. I also really did love the love that she had. as Yeah. Do you mean with her partner? Yeah. Actually, one of the things I have done in most of my books actually is I always resist pitting partners against each other. Like I, that's not the kind of conflict I like to deal with on the page and I would rather have the two of them fighting the world rather than the two of them fighting each other. And the same with friends. I really don't like pitting friends against each other either. That's sort of not a space I really like to write in I again I would like them to join together and take on the world together so yeah there's so much conflict out in the world isn't there we don't need to be fighting each other yeah definitely your social media is wonderful for animal lovers so my sister has just adopted a goat that she found at the bus stop that was starving and sounds like you're lucky the piglet (laughs) yes so I directed Goes, her onto your page to see what you would have done with it. Uh, I would have kept it for sure. Yeah, <laughs> buttercup and, yeah, she's apparently costing $50 a week with formula. Bless. Such a great story. I love that. Goats are just hysterically funny creatures. Talk about quirky and divergent animals. They are really just <laughs> a totally different brain type to anything I've ever come across. They're hilarious. So I'm sure she's in for many years of joy <laughs> and fun. <laughs> But they are very hard to keep behind fences. And the dog was going off the other night, about 8 o'clock at night, and I was like, what's going on? And I looked out and the goat was standing outside the house just on the lawn and <laughs> just let himself out. and just, Yeah, yeah chilling. <laughs> he thought he was having a great time. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that your animals aren't just dogs and cats on the ark. I think it was great. I'm not sure that... Yes. Well, I have diverse. We used to have um, chickens as well. We had two goats to start with and then we lost poor Maggie a couple of years ago. And yes, and we've had chickens. I love chickens, but I find them so stressful because everything wants to kill them all the time. Mm. (laughs) Just hawks take them, snakes take them, foxes take them. It's just, oh, you know. And then I had one that I just loved, 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 loved. Like she was a really great friend of mine. She followed me everywhere and talked to me all the time. And then my horse, anyway, this is going off on a tangent. We had some wild birds around. One of my horses, he's quite possessive about his food. Anyway, he went to kick the wild bird and missed and he got 
mama chicken, her name was, and smashed her leg. And oh, oh. no, sorry. And because we're the type of people who take our chickens to the vet, of and <laughs> it was an after hours visit, and it was, you know, a lot of money too, which is not the point, but you know, oh, there yeah, are lots. There are big investments. So when we build new huts and new houses and trying to make everything safer and safer, and it's like, oh man, just they're heartbreaking because they're so fragile, really. Yeah, there's such prey for everything. Those poor chickens. Oh, yeah, bless. They are. Yeah. Yes. So, are you going to do much of a tour? I don't think you're doing an interstate one. I have already checked, but it looks like you're going regional. Yeah. So, doing a lot in Brisbane, intensively, a couple up here on the coast. I was trying to get out to Toowoomba, but hasn't the plans haven't come together yet for that one. And heading down the Gold Coast. And yeah, just sort of. That's windy. That's <laughs> yes, it is. But yes, yeah, not a countrywide one. This, this book, which I was no online, yeah. is just so good as well. Like really, yeah. I think it, the virtual space is a great space, and really, COVID yeah. was great for opening my eyes up to how not scary it is, and just how lovely a, a world it is out yes. there. Yeah, it did just force everybody to change and learn and grow. And now, oh goodness, yes. it's nothing. <laughs> And what's going to be next for you? Are we going to see more because yeah. I wasn't ready to say goodbye? Yeah, I want to write sequels for all my books. I want to I want to see all of them. But where know? everybody just stays happy and we just get to see yeah. that everything's worked out fine. Yeah, well, I mean, they can't be too happy, right? I would never have a book. But... I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would read that book, but yeah. I'm never quite mean enough to my characters. I often have to go back in my second drafts and make things harder for them because I don't like doing mean things to them because I love them. Yeah, I'd love to do sequels for everything. Got a couple of books sort of in the ether that I've chatted to my publisher about and yes I'm not entirely sure at the moment I've had a really really intense past year so I'm just trying to find some steady ground after the whirlwind of this one and then I'll take a deep breath and see what turns up to be written there's always stories floating around they're always there and it's just waiting for the right time and the right right way to get them on the page yeah yeah of course yeah oh that's so exciting well whatever you, you write I will welcome it I'm sure uh, can you tell me a little bit about the cover as well the cover is just gorgeous so beautiful it's so, so, so beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I have a real thing about textured covers this one is textured which I just love but it's um, one bookseller said to me it's very Ukraine and I was like yes actually that's okay I'm happy for it to be quite Ukraine um, you probably can't see it on the page either but it's got this really faint pattern in the background as well my art pattern yeah I love the blue I love the yellow that was all working for Mm. me a lot probably know that authors don't get a lot of say in their covers the first one didn't have the sunflowers on it and for me it was slightly I just sort of was missing something and I did say it would be just amazing if you get a sunflower in there somewhere and yeah so they came back with this which I just thought was it's perfect. perfect yeah it is. it is I absolutely loved her love of yellow yeah. and the Pinterest dream board yes. and the, and her LED sunflowers yeah yeah and the little like seeds along the way too I could just That's imagine right yes whole trail of them popping up across the country yeah I'd forgotten about those yeah I love those sunflower seeds out there yeah I'd forgotten I'd bought heaps of sunflowers sunflower seeds when I was writing this and I just found them the other day so they're all sitting over there I'm going to go and sprinkle them around and hope they 
grow they do grow quite quickly so yeah and last lot I grew I I didn't realize that I, I mean you know that the flowers follow the sun but the actual little plants do too like as soon as they pop out of oh, the ground wow. plants themselves actually turn around it's so cute they're adorable oh, I thought it was just the flower that's really yeah, yeah. cute no, they're amazing and you know that they plant them in places where they've had nuclear disasters and they transmute the radiation in the ground and they're like they're just amazing they're incredible my mum was telling me this but I didn't actually believe her so it's true yeah. they really do <laughs> take out the wow yeah yeah so they did it in fukushima and they've done it in chernobyl and you know wherever else there's been big mm-hmm. problems and it helps clean up the soil just amazing i loved phoenix rose she was a lovely lovely character and it's just the most beautiful love letter to neurodiversity ever thank you that's a really lovely compliment oh my goodness it's the most beautiful read ever and it really just makes you yeah just appreciate the diversity and i know that lily talks about oh the real race against time to try to find the autistic gene and destroy it i think is that the way that she described it and oh my goodness haven't we just got off on the wrong foot with diversity and truly there's a book out there called nearer tribes I read or I listened to it actually. It was like a 28 hour re- listen. Oh like it's a massive, <laughs> massive book. Some parts of it are just so difficult to listen to, but it, it just basically does the history of first officially identified. Obviously, autism's been around forever. They know the genes are really, really old. Just of that, course. Know, yeah. To classify it at some point. Mm-hmm. And just the history of how it's been managed from there to today just it just when you go through it it's like wow this I can see now how we've gotten to the place we've gotten to but you know things are changing which is awesome slower than we'd like but it is getting there for sure but yeah there's definitely a been a big genetic push on to identify all the genes we know it's genetic we know it's, that's why adults often find their identity because their kids get identified and then they're like well you know it's genetic so let's have a look at you guys mm. there's a lot going on out there but Yes, I'll just try and stay in the light with the lovely new friends I've made and the lovely contributions I can put out there in popular culture and and celebrate what we've got. But I know that Phoenix in there says when she's talking to her mum and she could have had the identification when she was a lot younger but her mum didn't want her to Mm. be classified as different and, yeah, there's so much to think about in this novel. Thank you for the opportunity to do it so funnily with animals and (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. friendship and yes there is a lot I had to be really careful not to um everything in there that I wanted to put in there <laughs> because you, know, you have to serve the story first and foremost so oh absolutely yeah. no you never at one point ever feel like this is a I don't know what like <laughs> propaganda for autism or yeah. <laughs> no, no, no the first and foremost this is just a cracker of a read and a lovely quest of a novel and a road trip of a novel so yeah I was completely there for that this is such a great novel <laughs> yeah oh thank you that's so lovely yeah I really enjoyed writing it it was it was good fun I just imagining all those animals was great fun <laughs> All the trouble they could get into along the way. Oh, yeah. All of the, the puppy training pads and all of Yes. <laughs> her milk splattered top and her... Yeah, <laughs> her yeah. And, oh, it's great. <laughs> so much fun. Well, thank you so much. This has just been oh, lovely. Such a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. So great. So great to talk to you. I've sort of been watching from afar for so many years going, oh, <laughs> to Anna's place. And uh, so it's really nice to meet you in person. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank okay, you. I'll let you get on with your day. Oh.